You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Regulators! Mount up! It was a clear black night, a clear white moon. Warmer G was on the streets trying to consume some skirts for the E so I could get some phones rolling in my ride, chilling all alone. Welcome back into this Lock on Browns podcast where once again I feel like I have to regulate on some folks. And so uh, today, part of today's topic is going to sound familiar to many of you who have tuned in to hear me on the Lockdown Browns podcast. My name is Jared Mueller. Uh, That is at J-A-R-E-D-K-M-U-E-L-L-E-R on Twitter. If you'd like to interact with me, engage with me, that is uh, where you can do that. And so uh, today, following the Browns' continued losing streak now at 0-10, and following the Dallas Cowboys being led by Ezekiel Elliott and Dak Prescott, we get to once again address the fact that the Browns chose not to draft Ohio State stud running back Ezekiel Elliott and not to draft Dak Prescott, drafted in the fourth round, passed over by most teams two to four times. We get to address it because there are many in Cleveland who cannot understand that something picked up in Dallas and dropped into Cleveland will not look the same. The last time we talked about this, I actually talked about Cody Kessler and Dak Prescott uh, in preparation for the Browns matchup with the Dallas Cowboys, one that the Browns uh, wet the bed, looked terrible again, and talked about how I believed, and I still believe, that the conversation around the Cowboys quarterback and their Cowboys quarterback of the future and the Browns quarterback of the future would be exactly the same or pretty close if you just switched the two quarterbacks. So if the Browns had drafted Dak Prescott in the third round and the Cowboys had drafted Cody Kessler in the fourth round, I think the conversations would be pretty much the same. Cody Kessler most likely would be keeping Tony Romo on the bench while Dak Prescott would not be playing well enough would not have a big enough arm, would not be uh, good enough for Browns fans going into next year's draft. And once again, forcing the Browns fans, Browns analysts, writers, and everybody else to discuss whether there is a quarterback worthy of being drafted number one or high in the draft. I truly believe that Cody Kessler and Dak Prescott, uh, if you just switched who they were, conversations would be the same for the Cowboys and the Browns. So I won't really uh, reiterate that too much, but now we get to talk again about Ezekiel Elliott. Again, as a reminder for those of you who uh, forget a few of the details of the Browns uh, or just need that reminder, the Browns had the number two overall pick after it was very clear that Jared Goff was going to be the Rams pick at number one, the Browns moved down from that number two slot. In the number four position, the Dallas Cowboys were struggling with some decisions. There were some that believed Joey Bosa would have been the pick had he not gone to San Diego one pick earlier, that Jalen Ramsey was pretty high on the Cowboys draft board, and that that the 
Cowboys could have gone with him. Um, that DeForest Buckner was an actual option there uh, at number four as well. Um, lots of thoughts there, but it, instead they went with Ezekiel Elliott. There were thoughts that the Browns may have some interest in Elliott if he had fallen down to eight, where they traded down to, uh, before trading down all the way to 15. Instead, Ezekiel Elliott was drafted number four overall. Many believed, even though he's highly talented uh, and obviously has shown well in his rookie season, many believed at that point in time that he was overdrafted at number four. How do you think they would have responded had the Browns drafted him number two? The Browns drafting a running back number two after selecting Trent Richardson at number three a few years back would have been lambasted. And they would have been attacked from all sides for that decision. But I don't really care about the fact that they would have been attacked from the outside for that decision. I care about the decision to draft Ezekiel Elliott or in the Browns case, the decision not to. The Browns didn't draft Ezekiel Elliott because they don't have the Dallas Cowboys offensive line. Ezekiel Elliott isn't touched generally between three and four yards down the field, so yards before contact. Isaiah Crowell and Duke Johnson, that number is generally one or two. Every once in a while, they get a couple yards, and obviously Crowell's broken some big runs uh, that he has seemingly gone untouched. But the difference between Ezekiel Elliott, Dallas Cowboys running back, and Ezekiel Elliott, Cleveland Browns running back, is humongous. At this point, many people would be talking about the Browns wasting a pick on a running back that had five, six, maybe even 700 yards out of the backfield and obviously was catching the ball as well, something Zeke does well. But you're probably talking about an 0-10, 1-9 team, maybe. Maybe Ezekiel Elliott gets the Browns another win. But when the Browns were looking good, Isaiah Crowell was running the ball well. Duke Johnson was running the ball well. The Browns haven't looked good. Duke and Isaiah haven't been able to run well. And so the assumption that Ezekiel Elliott would just come in and run well no matter what, no matter what Cameron Irving-type blocking they saw in front of them, is a ridiculous statement. So was Ezekiel Elliott very talented? Absolutely. He went number four overall for a reason, and he would have been a high draft pick no matter who was there. If he wasn't picked at four, he might have been picked at five, six, seven, eight, nine, or ten. The odds that he went out of sight of the top ten are very, very low. That doesn't mean he was the right pick for the Browns. Given their offensive line needs, given Crowell's and Duke Johnson already being there, and the very minuscule wide receiving core that Hugh Jackson had inherited, drafting Corey Coleman made a lot of sense. But here is where many people fail to think. The Browns do not care, per se, about the production out of their rookies in year one. They care about year three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, and ten. Ezekiel Elliott, by the time the Browns are competitive, which hopefully is in year three and four of the Hugh Jackson, Sashi Brown, and everybody else, Ezekiel Elliott will be working towards his second contract. And in running back years, he will be approximately around his peak and on his way downhill, where Corey Coleman, as well as the other picks the Browns picked up in their two trade downs, should, just starting to reach their plateau 
which many other positions outside of running back have, running backs peak, most other positions plateau. And so when the Browns actually become competitive in year three or four, Ezekiel Elliott will already have been, would have been pounded into the ground year after year with a ton of carries with very little to show for it in the win-loss record. So not only does drafting Ezekiel Elliott not bring the Dallas Cowboys offensive line, but it doesn't fit for when the Browns were going to be competitive. The assumption that the Browns made a mistake is an assumption based on a 10-game sample, not a 3-4-5-year and five year look at what Ezekiel Elliott, Corey Coleman, and the rest of the picks the Browns picked up in their trade-down would look like. Again, it's fun to watch Ezekiel Elliott, but to assume he would look this good had the Browns drafted him at number two is foolish. And a reminder that this Locked On Browns podcast is brought to you by SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to find tickets for the football games you want to see up close and in person this season. There's nothing like being in the stadium for the biggest plays of the year. And with SeatGeek, it's never been easier to get the guaranteed seats you want for a great value. I have the SeatGeek app on my phone and it's by far the easiest way I've found to shop for tickets. I can be anywhere and with just a few taps, I can instantly find seats for this weekend's game or any game including, you know, coming up, it's the game between Ohio State and that school up north. And so with SeatGeek, you always get the best deal on every ticket because SeatGeek price compares for you by searching multiple ticket sites. Pricing can vary depending on where you shop, but SeatGeek will always find you the lowest available price. And SeatGeek wants to help you get the most bang for your buck. That's why every ticket on SeatGeek is given a grade based on value. You'll immediately see any underpriced seats and be able to find the best deals that fit your budget. And hey, who doesn't want the best value and the best deals? Plus, every ticket you buy on SeatGeek is backed by their 100% guarantee, so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. Best of all, my listeners get a $20 rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase. To get your $20 rebate on tickets, download the SeatGeek app, that's S-E-A-T-G-E-E-K, go to the settings tab and click on the add a promo code. And then enter my promo code LO Browns for Lockdown Browns. SeatGeek will then send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase. Download the SeatGeek app today and enter my promo code LO Browns. So, what about the Browns right now? Where they are, what's going on? They still have six games left in the season. They finally will get their bye week here coming up soon. And for a young team, many of whom are rookies, uh, that rookie wall. Uh, is a scary thing to think about when a a team has struggled as much as it already has. And then you add this rookie wall that is very, very real. Um, You have to be worried about what this team is going to look like. And so um, I know for me, what is most interesting right now moving forward is going to be um, what's going on with the quarterback position. And so Cody Kessler was pulled uh, during the game for his quote-unquote poor play. uh, And Josh McCown was brought in. Uh, just did a piece on pro, uh, on the Orange and Brown Report. Again, that's at the OBR, uh, looking at um, some of the information that Pro Football Focus gives us. And it's interesting that uh, Cody Kessler actually graded out pretty well by them. He was three of four on passes beyond 10 yards. 
didn't take a lot of chances, something that I know Hugh Jackson wants to see him doing. And Josh McCown just looked far worse uh, than Cody Kessler did. But for the first time, really since the season has started, I've actually come to consider that the Browns are very, very likely to draft a quarterback high in the first round. Whether that's with the first pick or trading up, back up with their second pick, the one they have from the Eagles that continues to get lower and lower in the first round with every freaking win, and they just keep on winning um, with Ryan Matthews somehow going off while sitting on my fantasy football bench nonetheless. And so whether that's how they do it, uh, getting a Miles Garrett, Jonathan Allen uh, type of player up top and then trying to get their quarterback later, or if that means they just sacrifice that number one pick and just go after their quarterback. And so um, for the first time, I really believe that that's a possibility. And that's because Hugh Jackson pulled Cody Kessler um, as he's trying to evaluate him. Now, maybe it's just a motivational tactic because it didn't matter. The Browns are going to lose the game anyway. Let's see how Cody responds. Um, okay. Uh, as a mental health professional, someone who uh, specializes in uh, things around the mind, I don't really like that idea for professionals and adults. It feels like you're treating them like children. And so for the first time, I think that first overall pick or a trade up uh, back into the top 10, uh, I was hoping the Eagles pick actually would be somewhere around 10. Unfortunately, it looks like that may not be likely. Um, will lead to a quarterback. Is that Deshaun Watson? Is that Deshaun Kaiser, who I don't think should or will come out? Is that Mitch Trubisky? Brad Kaya, he's got some name value and people think he could be good, but hasn't really shown it for me. And so that, for me, I think that means Watson. Obviously, we know he's pretty sure 99, 99, 99% coming out. Uh, and then you have Trubisky, the uh, Northern Ohio native from North Carolina, uh, who seems like he will be coming out as well. Uh, look like they could be the Browns quarterback next year. Or at least their high draft pick. Because it's becoming more and more possible, likely, whatever term you want to use, that Robert Griffin III will somehow be involved in the Browns quarterback decision making next year. There's talk that he may be able to come back this year. Would not shock me. Um, but it's really questionable whether Hugh Jackson will in, would invest as much energy as he did uh, in Robert Griffin III this offseason to just kind of throw him by the wayside. His contract, obviously it increases pretty dramatically, uh, almost four times as much. But the Browns have a ton of cap space. That shouldn't really play a role. Uh, whether they feel Griffin is a good leader some of that would be positive. Um, it would not shock me to see a Griff RG3 starting next year with Deshaun Watson, Mitch Trubisky, or some other rookie quarterback, and Cody Kessler uh, as the depth chart. Given all things, given what the Browns have, have had in the past with uh, lots of uh, struggling quarterbacks and the Rex Grossmans of the world and the Charlie Whitehurst and the Kevin Hogan's, I'd say that's not bad. RG3 gives them an opportunity to once again see what he's got as they allow a rookie quarterback maybe to develop. Now, I'm in the uh, thought process and always kind of have been, probably will be, that rookie quarterbacks should sit. I believe that they need to learn for a year, and then they can, they can pick it up. Andrew Luck, there are a few of those kind of players in the league. 
but very, very few of them. And there are, it is much safer to allow a quarterback to develop until he's ready than to try to force him into something when he is not ready. Hopefully the Browns improve their offensive line as well to protect him. But um, it'd be really interesting to see if Robert Griffin III can get back on the field for a few games this year, show enough that Hugh Jackson and the rest of the front office can can feel comfortable drafting and sitting a player, maybe even overdrafting him based on their talent, knowing that they're comfortable with either RG3 or Cody Kessler starting at least the start of next season and maybe hopefully the whole season so that they can develop a Watson, so they can develop a Trubisky, maybe even Kaiser. Maybe. But for the first time in a long time, or for the first time this season, I think there's going to be a quarterback drafted pretty high. Even if Browns fans are just not sold on there being one true franchise quarterback. It's either that, or it's RG3 and Cody Kessler. And one of them is got a huge risk for injury, but with a flick of the wrist can unleash the Terrell Pryor, Corey Coleman deep ball. The other is check down Charlie so far in Cody Kessler. He is the good getting in the way of great. And the option behind the third door is spending a very, very high pick that could be spent on a higher, uh, better player, quote unquote, better player, to get that quarterback of the future, allow him to maybe sit and develop and see where we go from there. At this point, most of you know Deshaun Watson would be my guy. What about you, Browns fans? If you had to pick a rookie, RG3, Cody Kessler, Josh McCown, Kevin Ogan, what would the Browns quarterback rotation or quarterback room look like if you were in charge? For me, it's RG3, Watson, and Kessler. What does yours look like? Again, you can get a hold of me on Twitter. That's at Jared K. Mueller. That's at J-A-R-E-D-K-M-U-E-L-L-E-R. Thanks for stopping by this Locked On Browns podcast on a Monday afternoon and evening. And I look forward to talking to you soon as we prepare for the Browns Week 11 matchup. And maybe, but unlikely, their first win. Thanks again, and go Browns!